Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Thursday, September the 29th, 2022. My name is Stephen Carnegie, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day, zest, which means keen enjoyment or an exciting quality. Zest. Hope everyone's enjoying their Thursday or will enjoy their Thursday. End of the work week is almost here. It is upon us, fastly approaching. So I hope you guys enjoy your Thursday. Ah, and weather-wise here in North Carolina, I guess it's the quiet before the storm because uh, Hurricane Ian, it has made landfall, made landfall yesterday, and it left a path of destruction of high winds, storm surges, and that led to flooding along that west coast of uh, Florida, Tampa. Well, it was expected to come ashore on Tampa, but it, Tampa kind of got spared, if I can say that really didn't. It came uh, ashore a uh, little ways down on that southwestern part of Florida, around that K.O. Costa, Florida, along that southwestern side of Florida. And it came ashore as a Cat 4. Now, um, it... Came ashore on the west side, went across Florida, around Orlando, and came out on the eastern side and went back out to sea a little ways. And <laughs> wow, hurricanes. It is expected to come back on shore around Savannah, Georgia, then move along, then move through South Carolina and North Carolina, around the, uh, Charlotte and Asheville, they're saying, the mountain regions, actually. And then it's going to... Uh, Man, it's just going to spread out to the, the coast of North Carolina also. Uh, heavy rains, winds, uh, it, it, it just, just run the gamut of a hurricane. Uh, that path of destruction, it, it is it has left in Florida. Man, man, oh man, oh man. Now, uh, a lot of people, I believe they're saying they're reporting as of uh, sometime this morning, they were saying there were 10 confirmed deaths. Uh, if you guys remember, well, what was that, uh, the other night, you know, officials got on the TV, the, the governor and uh, emergency responders and, and, and all. They got on TV and they said for the, the, the Floridians around this area, hey, evacuate and evacuate now. If you don't evacuate, there's no guarantee we're going to be able to get to you and rescue efforts. Man, uh, I understand a lot of people stayed. I, I can understand the reasoning. Uh, it's their home. And as we all know, a lot of times when these hurricanes and that flood after the aftermath of, of uh, hurricanes and there's no power or whatever, we've seen in the past, people will loot. So that's the reason why a lot of people didn't leave their homes. Understand that wholeheartedly, but uh, it's a hurricane. As hard as it is, that those properties, those homes or whatever, what have you, that can be replaced. Your life can't. So, so far, we're standing at 10 confirmed deaths as a result of Hurricane Ian. Man, wow. Whew. Boy, uh, pray for those in Florida. Just pray for them because it, it has left a path of destruction. Uh, catastrophic is what they're defining it as. Man, it's supposed to come through North Carolina, but they're saying here in North Carolina, we are going to, you know, we may get, we're going to get some high winds and uh, we're, we're going to get a lot of rain. So flooding. And especially for those in the mountain areas of North Carolina, because if you know, with the heavy rain, winds, flooding, along comes those mudslides. And, and we saw that uh, 
I believe it was last year or a year or so ago. Uh, a lot of people were caught in uh, the, the mudslides in the mountain area of North Carolina were just, wow, something to behold. So pray for everyone, including myself. I got to pray. Got to pray. All right, let's move along here. Um, man, let's move along here to some Thursday night football. Tonight, the 3-0 Miami Dolphins versus the 1-2 Cincinnati Bengals. At one time, Super Bowl, hopeful. We all know last year they made it to the Super Bowl and they lost to the Rams. So we'll see what, what's going to happen if the Dolphins are going to continue that winning streak. Uh, Tua, who was injured in Sunday's game, has been cleared and he's going to come play. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We will see what happens. Can't wait to watch that. Hey, 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 those Dolphins, they're on a roll. I got to admit, you got to admit that perhaps that curse is gone. <laughs> You know, for, man, decades, uh, they didn't look so tough. I, I've said numerous years, I'm like, man, what are these guys cursed? They can't do anything. Looks like they turned it around. 3-0. and Man, how long has that been? I, so far back, I can't even remember. <laughs> All right, let's move along here also. Let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. A little thing, uh, something that's come out of uh, North Carolina, uh, a town here in North Carolina with uh the collection of census data back to back in 2020 for the town of Apex, and that's in Wake County. Uh, what has come about is, is the mayor and officials have said the census data is incorrect and it could cost the town funding. Now, Apex is one of, uh, they've already said Apex, and it is one of the fastest growing towns in North Carolina. But a portion of the town, about 1,600 uh, people stay in a subdivision, a newly formed subdivision. There's a lot of development and growth around Apex. And what they're saying is uh, this subdivision, which sits west of downtown Apex, were accounted for Wake County as a whole. And they're unincorporated. So, the, the you know, they were counted at, not for the town of Apex, but for Wake County as a whole. So uh, what has happened, the town has filed a court uh, account question resolution with the Census Bureau. So they're saying to the Census Bureau, hey, the count's off. It's wrong. It could cost us funding. And, and so much so, if you're saying, well, you know, hey, the funding, uh, it, maybe it's not that much. It is a, a, a very nice chunk, let's say. Now, if the residents aren't counted correctly, the town could miss out on more than $9.4 million in funds every year. <laughs> and you, if you know anything about infrastructure in, this, in towns and cities, and states and throughout the United States, because we we've heard a lot of talk about that in the past year or so, uh, the funding that comes from the federal government uh, as a result of data collected for the census is it, it funds uh, roads, schools, just any and everything that encompasses uh, growth and development in the, in a town or city. That's where the funds come from. They come off of that census data. So there, there, the the officials. The mayor has came out and said, hey, we need that funding. We need those counts to be corrected. Uh, he even went as far, and I can remember because uh, <laughs> I had an aunt that stayed in uh, Apex, and we would go from time to time. He said, long gone are the days of Apex being a small town. It's growing. You know, he, he spoke of a highway, uh, one of the major highways and a crossroad that ran through there. And he said, back in the day, you know, at 7 o'clock, the light started flashing, the stoplight started flashing 
and because there was no traffic. But he says now in this day and age today, that highway and that crossroad it's is seeing thousands upon thousands of vehicles going through it every day. So that census data has to be corrected in this town. That subdivision, and this is happening not just here in North Carolina. This is happening throughout the United States. The little small, quaint country towns are just about gone or done away with. You know, uh, before, <laughs> I can remember when we would go to Apex, we used to have to hit this town called Fruquay Varina. And Fruquay Varina was a one-stop light town. <laughs> it just was. The old saying uh, on Main Street in these country, southern country towns, at 6 o'clock, the sidewalks are folded up. Yep, that was Fruquay. Because heaven forbid, if we stayed too long and it was after six or seven and we came back through that stretch for Fruquay, leaving uh, uh, Apex, it was desolate. <laughs> there was nobody downtown. No cars, no nothing. And yeah, those stoplights would go to flashing. So he's not mistaken. Uh, apparently, it looks like, honestly, he's trying to keep up with the times. He has to. That town is is growing. You know, like I said, it was one, to, one time... It was a small, quaint southern town. Good old country living. Ain't no more. And this is happening throughout the United States. So, yeah, they need those census counts to be correct for those 1,600 people to stay out in those subdivisions. Hmm. Uh, keep you posted on that. Um, it looks like he's on the stick because 9.4 million, that's a huge chunk. And that, that goes into that infrastructure, which is much needed. If you're going to keep up with growth because people are moving, a lot of people don't like to stay in the big city, the older ones. You know, the millennials, they'll stay in the city. That's the purpose of the growth. And, and a lot of uh, cities in the United States, you know, those townhomes or condos or old tobacco warehouses here in the South have been converted to that. So the millennials will stay there. But the older ones, they want a little peace and quiet. They'll come out into the country. Or what was once the country? Ain't no more. Ain't no more. Um Yesterday, hey, listen, yesterday, President Biden, and I probably should have lumped this with the together with the hurricane story, because yesterday, President Biden came out uh, doing a conference at the White House on hunger, nutrition and health, and he warned the oil and gas companies. Uh, as we all know, uh, Hurricane Ian made landfall yesterday and, and is expected to travel up the East Coast. And he said to those oil and gas companies, don't you dare, don't you dare try to raise these prices ahead of, ahead of this Hurricane Ian or even during Hurricane Ian. Now, if you say it to yourself, well, why would he say that? Well, there is oil refineries in that Gulf region down there in the United States, you know, around Texas, uh, Mississippi. But what is what we know is Hurricane Ian is nowhere near there, so there's really no need to no need to raise the price of gas like they did a year or so ago when we had that uh, pipeline hacked, and they said there's no need for people to hoard gas. We have it under control. We had to switch over to manual pumping versus the automated where we hit a button. So now we have, I guess they had to go out and hit us, you know, hit a switch again and pump, start pumping manually. So that was the reason for the price hike then. And then another storm came right behind that and they raised the prices. So uh, the president of the United States, despite what many say when, when people were riding him and questioning him and saying, hey, can't you do something about these oil prices? When people were saying, well, he doesn't really control it. Well, I guess he said, whether I control it or not, 
I'm going to put the word out. Don't you guys dare raise the price. And if I see there's prices being raised, I'm going to ask the federal government to step in and see if there's any price gouging going on. <laughs> we know those oil companies. We know them all too well. Just like I said last year with that uh, pipeline pack that raised the price. There was no need. You just couldn't justify it. He can't justify it now because that hurricane is going nowhere near those refineries. So you guys better keep those prices where they are at. Because it looks like the president's on your heels, fellas. <laughs> Old President Joe Biden, he's on it. Oh, sleepy Joe. <laughs> he said no more, no more, no more. All right. Let's go get it. Now. This next story, you know, I, I decided to, to, to show you, uh, give you a lighter side of the news because, you know, I, a lot of times with these podcasts, I go back and I listen and I think and I analyze and I noticed, I said, man, I got a lot of doom and gloom on these podcasts. This is just one sad story after another. Um, I decided to go with a lighter side, a, a, a lighter story. Now, there, what has come about is... Um, there's been a rare find, and this rare find was by, uh, he describes himself as a bargain hunter, and he's in Portland, Maine. Now, it shines the spotlight on, uh, of course, education and just everyday living. Now, we all know people, they go to these yard sales on the weekend. I think we're getting back to that after COVID, which is a, a good thing. And I've been to a few in my day. Uh, I got to say, I'm really not a yard sale type of guy, but I've enjoyed, enjoyed when I did go from time to time. Now, this guy who, like I said, he's described as a self bar. He's described himself as a self bargain hunter. He ended up at, a, at an estate sale in uh, Portland, Maine. And what he found was a, a 700 year old treasure, which he purchased from this estate sale. Now, he went to this uh, estate sale, and this goes back to that uh, yard sale and those bargain hunters. He went to the yard sale. He was looking for a, a kitchen aid mixer, a bookshelf, or maybe even some vintage clothing. He was just out uh, doing what he does, scrounging around at yard sales. You know, on Saturday mornings, a lot of people uh, go from yard sale to yard sale all over town, from one side of town to the next. So he's a bargain hunter. He goes there. He's looking, you know, for, for a KitchenAid mixer, bookshelf, and vintage clothings. And he stumbled upon a, what he's described, uh, a framed document. And this framed document is dating back to 1285 A.D. Wow. So he's out looking for whatever, and he stumbles upon this. Now, if you're saying to yourself, well, how did he know what he was going, what he was doing, what he was looking at? Now, he, he said he looked at the document. The document had a, an elaborate script in Latin. Well, that's a sign. That's something unusual. Uh, it had musical notes and had a gold, it had gold flourishes. Now, that's really unusual. Now, he, he's a former student of uh, Kobe College where he took and this is where I say education comes into place. Education can follow you and encompasses everything you do in your day-to-day -day living, whether you think about it or not. You may say to yourself, because I've said many times, ah, all the crap I've learned in school, I ain't going to use it in real life. Why are they teaching us this nonsense? Well, he took a manuscript, manuscripts course in college. So he pretty much, you know, hey, he, he looked and saw it. And he said, well, wait a minute. And he noticed that it looked like something from the medieval period. So he apparently was paying attention in class. <laughs> now, he purchased this thing for $75.
Now it's worth an estimated price of $10,000 or more. You'll be surprised what you can find at these yard sales, estate sales. It just going through what looks like junk is really worth something. You know what they say, another man's treasure, another man's junk is another man's treasure. And this is a prime example of that. So he took this piece of uh, this piece of paper and he took it to his professor, his former professor, who confirmed after the professor, the former professor himself went to another research specialist and they examined it and they that other research uh, specialist determined that the parchment was from uh, I'm not even going to try to say this because, uh, you know, I, first of all, I don't speak I don't speak French, <laughs> but it was discovered that it came from, uh, of course, France. And it was uh, dated back to the 13th century, 700 years ago. And it was used by the Roman Catholic worship. It was part of a prayer book. Wow. You find something from 700 years ago, 13th century, and you you realize, you, you're looking at it after you, you know, hey, like I said, he took that manuscripts course and he realized, he says, probably said to himself, hey, this looks pretty important. Looks old. Now, like I said, this was from uh, uh, the Roman Catholic worship prayer book in France. Uh, like I said, I'm not even going to try to describe or name what it is. <laughs> I'll put it in the description. I don't speak French too well. <laughs> now, it was once owned by a publisher of a, a newspaper here in the United States. Uh, I guess he got it around 1940. And he decided, and in and, and this prayer book, uh, I should say, in its original form had 309 pages in it. Now, what happened over the years, it was divided up and it was scattered abroad. You know, they, they say that they found pieces of this prayer book any and everywhere, not just here in the United States, but throughout the world also. Now, uh, many were found in pieces and those pieces here and there, many were uh, lost, destroyed or found in poor shape. But this particular one that he found was well kept and maintained. So much so that they were able to go back and look and say, hey, wait a minute. This is this is a, an original dating back 700 years. Uh, like I said, if you're saying to yourself uh, or you said to yourself like me, education, uh, a lot of the stuff we learn in school, we're not going to use. Why are they teaching it to, to us? Uh, you're sadly mistaken, because I can honestly tell you, even in, in my middle school life, I've determined and I have discovered also that a lot of things I was taught in school, I still have to use to this day. And this guy used that and he stumbled upon something that he paid $75 for and it's worth upwards, uh, if not more, of $10,000. Not a bad turnaround. <laughs> not a bad turnaround at all. Ah, wow. So that, hey, this tells you, this shows you um, maybe I need to start going to these yard sales. Who knows what I could find? Who, who knows what you'll find at, at yard sales? Um, I know a numerous of people that go from yard sales to yard sales. Like I say, they hop around. They, they love it. That's what they wake up Saturday mornings to do. Maybe I should start doing that. Maybe I can find me something that's worth some money to help me. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll find something that's worth so much I could uh, stop working. <laughs> uh, that'll be the day. <laughs> that'll never happen. That will never happen whatsoever. Well, I, I shouldn't say that. You never know. You never know. But that certainly was a, a, an interesting story. Um, 
this guy just meandering around at an estate sale found something dating back to 1285 AD, 13th century, 700 years ago, uh, an old prayer book of 309 pages. He found one, pages, one page that was in such good shape they were able to identify it. Wow. Just wow. Um, certainly makes you think and makes you more aware of your surroundings. Uh, we oftentimes hear of these findings. You know, people are uh, refurbishing old houses. They find things. Folks are digging around in the yard trying to build and and, and, and modify, and they found things. So you, you, you got to be aware. You never know what you may stumble upon. Just don't. Just don't. Man, that, that's, that's a certainly a uh, good story. Um, pray for Floridians. Hurricane Ian. Man. That thing, it, it tore Florida to pieces, that part of Florida to pieces. And, and it was, it, we've, we've seen it before, but it's always something that I look at and I'm like, man, wow. How it came ashore on one side of Florida, made landfall, ran across Florida, a certain part, and then jumped back on the eastern side of Florida, stayed out to sea and expected to come back on shore around Savannah and South Carolina. That's Mother Nature. You can't control it, no matter how much you think or say you can. You can't control Mother Nature because that thing hopped from coast to coast, came back and sitting out off the coast now, building strength and coming back ashore. Who knows what it will come back uh, on shore as. Like I said, it came on shore as a cat four. So if it's going back on the water, it's going to build up some more strength. Chances are, chances are. Pray for those down in Florida. Just do, just do. Well, I'm going to get on out of here. It's time for me to skedaddle. I got to go to work later on. I got to go to work later on. And that's all for me today. And I just want to thank you all for lending me your ears this morning. Continue to like, support, share, offer feedback. Anchor has a great feature where you can leave a voice response. And I would love to hear your voice. I won't bite. I promise you. I won't. So offer feedback. You can also make monetary contributions. Continue to follow and listen on Anchor. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio, Public Verbal, and WordPress. And as always, wherever you're listening or streaming, hit that like or subscribe button so you could be notified when I drop these podcasts. Keep you in the loop. Thank you for listening. This is Stephen Carnegie for This Is Just a Thought. Amen.